Dude, 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 this song closed. We gotta change it. Time for a zero check. Oh no, that's even worse. I couldn't cut was Hello everyone, this is episode 8 of our return season of the Zero Check, and I'm Richard, we got Craig, Steve, and Mike on the on the line here, and uh, we're going to be talking about four great albums this week. I think we all enjoyed them to some extent. Um, we got Insomniac from Green Day, we got The Network from Who the Hell Knows, but they call themselves The Network, uh, and the album that we did was, uh, what was it called again? It was 20, uh, something. 2020 Part 2. Subtitle, We That's Told You one. So. Oh. That's right. Money, money, 2020. <laughs> uh, we also have Bad Hair Day from Weird Al. Mm-hmm. And we've got uh, an artist named Reet with Atataga. So, what should we start with? Well, I remember at the end of last episode, we ha- started getting into a very heated and, um, uh, what's the word I want to use, <laughs> about Green Day's discography. Um, so I feel like it's only natural that we resume that conversation with Insomniac. Yeah. Stephen, okay. can you take it away for us? What do you want to know? You want to know about Green Day and Insomniac? I believe we do. Okay. Everything, everything I mean, I, I could I could expound on further Green Day as we did over uh, over the internet. Um, Insomniac is uh, Green Day's follow up to their smash hit Dookie, way back in the mid nineties. Um, it had a, a few singles off it: "Geek Sing Breath," um, uh, "Walking Contradiction," and uh, that other one, <laughs> "Brains 2. <laughs> Um, and, uh, it was, it wasn't as, as large a success as, as Dookie was and as some of their later albums would be. Uh, but I tend to feel like this album perfectly encapsulates what Green Day should be, at least early Green Day should be. It's it's punchy. It's it's uh, melodic. It flows one song into the other really well. Um, and one thing that surprised me was uh, I, I remember when I when I was first listening to this album, uh, I was like, this it, it was lighter fare. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't it wasn't friggin' you know driving guitars and and unintelligible lyrics and all that sort of stuff. But when I listen to it now, some, I don't know, 28, 27, 28 years later, um, it's surprisingly heavy. I guess the the world kind of moved away from guitar-based rock and roll slash punk. And now all you hear is like friggin' indie music by with electronic sounds and <laughs> whatever. Uh, it, it's what I considered like a, a a light kind of uh, non-heavy album is actually quite heavy. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what this is. This is uh, Green Day's 1995 uh, follow-up to Dookie, and it um, they were kind of releasing albums uh, at a, a pretty fast rate back then. Uh, Dookie came out in '94, Insomniac '95, and Rod '97. Yeah. So it, it kind of sandwich, and I mean, everyone remembers Dookie because it's got all of the the huge, you know, when I come around, and you know, uh, uh, all kinds of like she, and you know, all kinds of Welcome to Paradise, all these big, big hits. And then Nimrod had the friggin' uh, Good Riddance on it, which everyone heard at their graduation, I think. I'm going to express an opinion about why possibly, why I think possibly this was not as big a follow to Dookie as it maybe could have been. And and I'm going to go back to the days of much music and MTV and all that stuff. Uh, the first 
single that they released to from this album. And it is a boring video. Like, a, so boring. It's them sitting on a couch getting dragged through a... Through I, I, a, thought, a, I thought Geek, Geek Stink, Stink Breath came out first. Geek but... Stink Breath was first. But yeah. Geek Stink Breath also, yeah. you can't... You probably couldn't play at certain times of day because it's got the shot of, like, the shot in the mouth of someone getting their tooth pulled. Right. So <sighs> you can't... Um, totally forgot so about that, that. That probably screwed up their airplay because they're like, all right, we can't yeah. show this between, like, I don't know, 10 a.m. and, say, 4 p.m. Yeah. So, so you've, that's case, removed from that, rotation. Between that and then them being dragged around on a couch through a through a uh, a, a through a landfill site, um, compare that to like when I come around that video. Excellent video. So well, that's I, I think that's kind of what sunk this album to us to a degree. But it, I agree, it's a good album. I actually I don't particularly care for the singles that they chose. I think I think Geek Stink Breath, um, Brain Stew are some of the weaker songs on the album. Um, so I, I think, I, yeah, I think I, Geek Stink Breath is a good leading was a good leading song. Um, but yeah, Brain Brain Stew. I don't know if they wanted to pick like something different to show the variety of the album. Like they felt if okay if we picked another song. Because Green Day back Green Day back in the '90s did have that reputation before Time of Your Life of like, eh, all Green Day sounds the same. You know, it's the same three chords. Uh, um, so perhaps they were the company. Yeah, perhaps like the record this company album was didn't like, disprove that. <laughs> yeah, perhaps the record company. <laughs> well, this was... was like. Go ahead, Mike. I was just gonna say this. This is gonna be my sort of unpopular opinion on this album. Is like I was listening through it today. I was doing the whole experience. I think it was my second or third time listening through it. I was lying in bed, had my headphones on, and I felt like it was all just one long song. Like yeah, I, I, it's I really very similar. Yeah, like I, I had trouble. Like at least with Dookie, I felt like you know maybe maybe for me, I wanted Green Day to be that big, like those big hits kind of kind of a band. Um, I, I was having trouble finding stuff that really stood to me in this album because it all sounded very similar. I don't know. That's just my opinion on this. Yeah. It's funny and that Green Day and the Off... probably... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. It's funny that Green Day and The Offspring basically did the exact same thing in response to their huge albums. They both made, like, stripped-down punk albums. Because Ixnay and The Ombre, I think you could say, is basically the same as... It's the same approach as this. Like, stripped-down songwriting... Every song is like one and a half riffs. <laughs> Basically, you get a couple of other songs that have more than two parts to them. Um, you know, everything under three minutes. This is, this is Green Day being like, F you, we're going to make a punk album. You don't think we're a punk band? We're going to make a punk album and show you're wrong. Um, and I, that, I think that lines up, Steve, with what you were saying. Of like, it felt like a heavier album to you because it's, it's a much more aggressive and like, yeah, there, it's, off, it's a lot of album. Yeah, it's a lot of really driving guitars. I, I think the thing that made me think it was less heavy was the fact that you could understand what they were saying. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's the only <laughs> so that's the line there. Yeah, I was also. I think uh, that, I mentioned this. In, oh, sorry, you go ahead, Steve. Sorry. Um, I, I like. The, I remember the first time I was listening to it. Like, the, the some of the songs I thought were really strong were were brat. Like it's yeah. such, a, it's so catchy. Mm. It's a terrible song, but it's so catchy. <laughs> it's a song about a guy waiting for his parents to die so he can inherit. But it's it's like super catchy. Uh, Eighty six. I remember mm. watching. Do you remember? Does anyone remember the movie Joe's Apartment with the singing cockroaches? I remember being a thing. <laughs> was that the was the did that have? Uh... Jason Lee, Jason Lee is that his name? From Mallrats. I vaguely remember this yeah. being a thing. I could be completely uh, wrong, but anyway, that's that's a. That's, a that sounds right to me. Let's see. Yeah, let's let's see who it actually is. For some reason, it was like Jerry O'Connell. It is Jerry O'Connell. Oh, Jerry O'Connell, yeah. right? Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. What happened uh, to that guy? I I don't know. I mean, I mean, obviously he made sliders, but he's, then he did he's, other he's, things. He's on the uh, what is it called? The talk or the uh, it's one of those talk shows with the ladies that do the the talk mm -hmm. shows sitting around a 
uh, oh, a table chatting with each other. He's he, one of those. He oh. does one of the voices in Lower Decks. Yes, he does. <laughs> Greatest He's show. He's the commander. That's good. Uh, I like that. And he's still married to Rebecca Romaine. Oh, well. Ah, there you go. I didn't so actually 86, know that. 86 was in that movie, Steve? Yeah, I, 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 I think it was. It was one. Of, there was definitely a Green Day song in that movie. I'm pretty sure it was 86. <laughs> but mm. I just remember hearing it and going like, oh, because I, I knew Insomniac so well at that point. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was... Uh, like I felt like it kept popping up in weird places. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but uh, what is this panic song? Like it's got panic that really long intro, and but it, it builds up and it just keeps, you know, it's it's really like when the lyrics finally hit, if if you, they feel like they've earned it, and it's it's a really it's a punchy song too. Um, I really like "Walking Contradiction." I think it's a great song. Uh, the video is great. Floating and of cars flipping and whatever behind them as he walks around. I'm narrowly avoiding disaster at every turn. Yes. So I mean, I think I think this is a great. It's it's like one of the most listenable albums I think I know. It's just I as as Mike said, it's it is kind of samey samey, but it's a very I find it a very listenable samey samey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was like I I liked '86 um, as well. Like that song stuck out to me a bit. I, I felt like I hadn't heard a lot of Green Day from that era other than Dookie. Like um, the, I think the next big thing that I started listening to was like American Idiot, which was many years later. Um, so it's it it was cool to hear more from that era, but it didn't really feel like it was as good as Dookie, at least in you know in maybe the nostalgia factor of, of me listening to Dookie you know, when I was 13 or whatever, when that, when that album came out. This might be my unpopular opinion, but I've always felt that although Dookie's singles are really strong, song to song, it isn't as strong as this one. Yeah, like I said, it could it's be nostalgia. That's, that's <laughs> sort of how I feel about it. falls off at the end after, and I would say, like, I don't actually like Walking, walking Contradiction. Um, when I come around the song, I find it pretty boring. Mm. So I find Dookie from Walking Con or from when I come around up until FOD, but not including some point. Like, myself. <laughs> there was no one but me. It took me many years <laughs> to also learn, and I think it was pre-Wikipedia what FOD actually stood for. Um, that's kind of embarrassing. What does it stand for, Craig? Fuck off and die. Oh, I didn't know that. So I've got to put the explicit tag on our podcast. <laughs> I mean, we're bound to say some bad words just randomly, so you should probably always put the explicit tag on our podcast. Okay, so yeah, it falls off a little bit, but I think everything up until Sassifer's Roots is pretty good on on, uh, Dookie. Dookie definitely has more I mean Did you you do Dookie? We, no, we haven't. This is you, did, you didn't Green do it like a previous previous season. This, this oh, is wow. the first okay. Green Day we did. We've never touched Green Day. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I know it was weird. Mm-hmm. But you guys did Offspring before. Yeah, because I would not allow it not to be done. <laughs> did you do Smash? Did we do Smash or Ixnay for? Oh, I, we did Smash. Yeah. Oh, we did Smash. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite album. Da, like, da, 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 da. I love that. Album. Smash. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's. I I, so, I like it. Other people have different opinions. It's it's okay. I think <laughs> wrapping up, yeah. wrapping up our last loose end from the Green Day conversation from last episode. Yeah, I came to the discu- the reluctant admittance that Steve, you are right. Warning is a good album. If for the first track, warning is a good yeah. album. Agreed. I I don't care for um the title track. i don't care for minority hmm. like i feel like green day chooses bad singles yeah or uh, people's like this would be the single and the band's like we don't want to fight you yeah they, they a lot of the singles they've cho- like there's so many songs on warning that i love and none of them are the singles 
Yeah. I really Warning the album is probably second to uh, American as far as the Green Day albums go. American Idiot is so good. Yeah. (laughs) I think I know what I did wrong with my USB adapter. I think it was set to line, uh, like line in instead of like Mm. an actual, you know what I mean? So that's why I probably sounded like I was coming through a telephone line or something. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I'll have that fixed for next time. (laughs) You'll be an audio engineer in no time. Instead of just blaming Discord. Ah, Discord. It's always fun to blame software. It has its its downsides. It can can really junk up a computer, but it does its job pretty okay. No, Discord isn't that bad. It's not like Snapchat. Snapchat's a horrible app. There is that. The problem with Discord Discord is like power. If you've seen people go nuts on on Discord workspaces, it can be like a completely impenetrable mess. Uh, One kind. Only use this. I've only used it simple, and this is it's a very yeah. easy interface. Simple. Once you get like putting emojis in and just like shit everywhere on the screen and like five different panels. Like I, I like joined a Discord channel for like a video game one time, and I was just like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And I yeah, got if, the you, heck don't, out if of you don't, you, you yep. got to mute the channel, otherwise you're going to be overwhelmed. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it was it was insane. I was just like, this is not, this is it's, it's not followable. It's just too much. Yeah, too much. I, I, I joined a Pokemon Go one for like uh, Pokemon Go for Mississauga, and it was like every five minutes, hey, who wants to come out to this park and catch some Pokemon? And it was like ridiculous. I had to mute the whole thing. Yeah, and it was all like forty-five-year-old lonely men trying to pick up on <laughs> Pokemon hunting people. Uh, so that's what that was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Nice plan. The only big, just actually, that's not true. I have joined a couple of Discord channels from things. One was for uh, um, Adobe Illustrator. Oh, God. I can only imagine. Yeah, that was. I just I was like, I don't have time to do all these challenges. Like, I'm sure if I did them all, I'd learn a lot. But, and some of them were for like YouTube channels, like, I got into uh, I got interested in like all uh, everyday carry, and one of the channels that talks about that had a Discord thing. So I was like, I'll join this. I joined it for a day. I was like, I'll leave this. <laughs> it's it's manageable for small groups, I find, but it, and more than yeah. that, unmanageable. Yeah. yeah. The worst part. It's is wonderful for small groups. For video game stuff, it's replaced. Which has kind of sucked. Like the fighting game scene has moved from like here's documents with move lists and like all your properties of stuff to like everything's in Discord. Who knows when it'll all go away? Which is that's fair. Great. Anywho, so, so you mean you don't have to download GameSpy anymore onto your computer? GameFAQ still exists. Some like almost thirty years later, which is pretty awesome. I can look up Ooh, still look up things I was in, in... reading in high school. Nice. <laughs> Anywho, I think from Green Day, the next right. logical transition is to the network. network. Yes. It is. So okay. the network is, I guess you could say, an unofficial side project of Green Day in that it's Green Day, but the members have never actually formally acknowledged that it is them. there's other projects in the music music industry that do this i don't know why but anywho um the first album by this was i supposed to know that hold on was i supposed to know that because i didn't know that we talked about it last time you guys talked about it last time and i like ignored you or something probably oh my goodness okay (laughs) probably one of those moments Um, that my internet went out again that's probably (laughs) oh that could be it (laughs) this is the episode where mike's blames technology for everything Shake, shake, fist at cloud. Officially, an old man. Yep. Yes. Womp, womp. 
Get Sorry, please continue. I'm very, I'm very excited about that piece of information because I really, really enjoyed this album. So that's, that's really yeah. cool. Okay. Um, so the guys in Green Day put out the first uh, network album in 2003. Um, this That was before American Idiot. And sometime around when um, the tapes for the album they were working on, Cigarettes and Help Me Steve, Band-Aids, I don't know. Cigarettes and Valentine's. Something. Cigarettes and Valentine's. Valentine's. Thank you. Um, they, those tapes were lost. Um, I forget if they were stolen or destroyed. Something happened. Anywho, um, it's long been rumored that some of the songs on the first network album were songs from that lost Green Day album. Um, but anywho, the first network album came out on a smaller label, was kind of hard to find. And I don't know, I don't think it got a lot of promotion. So that's why you probably hadn't heard of them. Um, or I imagine a lot of listeners probably have not heard of them. Um, but in 2020, for the anniversary of their name, they decided to release a second album, Money Money Part 2. Uh, Money Money 2020 Part 2. Um, I think I discovered this by accident while just browsing Apple Music one day and was like, whoa, okay, I'll listen to this. Um, the style of music is kind of like new wave meets punk. I think the comparison I make, made last episode was like, hey, what if Green Day and Devo got together and made an album? I think that's mm -hmm. fairly accurate. Um, some, I have a different opinion. <laughs> some tracks lean more on the Green Day side. Other tracks lean more on the Devo side. Um, this album was a lot more political and a lot more obviously political than I was expecting. This is a this is even more political than most of Green Day stuff, aside from American Idiot. American Idiot. Um, it's also yeah. political in the good direction, um, <laughs> audience. If you were wondering, and it makes it obviously so, with songs about how Ivanka Trump is a Nazi, um, flat Earth conspiracy conspiracy people, and how they're all idiots. Asphyxiation. Um, what else? Anti. Uh, Erotic asphyxiation. <laughs> thing. We're just we're just going to talk about that. Uh, Respirator. Anti vaxxers Flat Earth. Pardon? Flat Earth. Flat Earth. Jerry the yes, you had to deal with the devil one too, and Jerry Falwell's pool party. Oh God, that's ridiculous. PizzaGate. They even go on PizzaGate. There. Yeah, but that's instrumental. So yeah. There's so much good stuff on this album. This is a fun album that ridicules the I love it. Gentlemen, take it away. I I actually felt you you say it's, it's like a mix of Green Day and, you know, you know, like new wavy sort of Devo sort of uh, like kind of a, an amalgamation. I found that I felt like every not every song, but like they would do it was almost like Weird Al. <laughs> did a Weird Al album too, but um, it felt like they would do songs in the style of a band. Like mm. I feel like, like Ivanka is a Nazi sounded like it was a Ramon song. You know, mm. there was another one in there. I, I was like, this sounds like a Kraftwerk song. There's other ones in there that said this sounds like a Devo song. You know, like I, it, mm. it felt like they were. Um, they were uh, like leaning into in particular songs sounding like particular bands. Like they were letting influences show through and, and, and such, um, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think I probably um, use Eve Devo as a shorthand for there's synthesizers everywhere in some. There's certain, there certainly were synthesizers everywhere. In some, yeah. Some... Uh, but it, it but it, it felt like um, the only the the band that they didn't sound like was Green Day. Yeah, I didn't think they sounded particularly like Green Day at all. Mm. Um, and from from somebody that did, did not know that fact going in, I didn't hear any Green Day in that either. Mm. Which is pretty cool to to now to 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 hear that that's a band that's kind of decided to branch out a bit and see what they can come up with, trying out some different styles and not really sticking to the same style that that they've been sort of known for mm -hmm. it's, it's very interesting different. that you didn't recognize Bill armstrong's voice anywhere mike because the vocal duties on this switch oh. between the three members of green day 
So some songs are. But I wonder, like you were you were listening for it, like you knew it was going to be there, so you were listening for his mm-hmm. voice. I wonder if you would have recognized his voice too if you had never if you didn't know that that was them. I I found he was more obvious on the the original Money Money Twenty Twenty. Mm. On on this one, I felt like they were like they put on English accents. They you know they would different people were singing all the time. Like I I, I wouldn't point out a any particular moment when I went as Billy Joe Armstrong on That's this fair. particular album. Yeah, there's a couple was, songs. There's a couple songs that I was like, yeah, that's Billy Joe. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> I really like this album. And and like I said, I came in I came in a little bit blind on this one. Probably technical issues. Possibly me just not paying attention. One of those things could have happened. Um, but I, I really had a lot of fun with this. It was, it was part of my whole, um, this, this whole afternoon was just listening to music for me. I was just, I'm having a little bit of a, of an eye infection kind of thing. So I've been sort of lying down in bed with the lights off and I've just, uh, I know it hurts <laughs> and it's annoying, but, um, I've been uh, around listening to music and I wanted to listen through all the albums again and, um, and, and just listening to that, you know, with the noise cancellation on and just enjoying the music. I was having a blast with it. Like I, I was, I laughed a few times. Um, and, and I appreciate songs that are taking stabs at things. And, you know, the Flat Earth one I thought was really funny. The Asphyxiation one completely th- threw me off because I was like, oh, that's the kind of album that we're making. Okay, this, you know, so I, I had a lot of fun with it. And now that I live with Green Day, it's, it's, I want to go back and listen to it again. What about The Stranger, Mike? That one was interesting, too. Yeah, there's so many songs. Like, there's, I, I it just kept going. Like, they're so short. Like, yeah. like some yeah. of them are like a minute. There's two minutes. There's very three minutes. Very punchy. And it, it allowed the musical style to just keep changing and changing and changing. Yeah, well, a song called "Threat Level Midnight," which I found, which I appreciated. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I liked it too. I thought it was it was it was a very interesting album. I thought it had a you know a a, a very obvious and direct message. Um, it's uh, it's obviously has it's it's obvious they're obviously not big fans of President Trump, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's okay because I'm not either. And <laughs> I, was, I, a, I thought, was American idiot about Bush? Yes. Yeah. So American they're they're, is, they're they're not. Yeah. So I keep going. American Idiot was interesting because it came. See, Kyle out... says the president gas man bombs <laughs> away their punishment. Yeah. You know, like yeah. <laughs> so it, it came out like when anti Bush like Green Day was late to the anti Bush party, and so I that's the one thing that I've always found weird with American Idiot is it starts with like the very overtly political song that's kind of late to the whole sentiment of like. America sucks and we went to war for no good reason. But that's the only song like that on the album. It's this weird, like, tonal shift of we're going to have a super obviously political album. Nope. Here's your rock opera. And that's, that's always kind of been the weird, the weird thing about that album to me. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. Uh, yeah, it goes full rock opera, and it's it's an excellent rock opera. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I feel like American Idiot is basically just sort of setting the stage. Yeah, and then it, it you know, busts into Jesus of Suburbia, and it's a uh, and that's that's when your story begins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and I I I honestly believe that that whole album is genius. It's so well done. Richard, what did you think of the network? I really enjoyed it. I think uh, it fits into categories of music that I, I like. It is really catchy song. And it's funny. It's, yeah. Uh, I think people should give it a chance. Hey, give it a listen. If you want to learn about how Ivanka Trump has a Gucci swastika? Check it out. <laughs> It's ridiculous, but it's uh, they, they certainly have a point they want to. <laughs> and if you think the world is round, then you're probably a moron. 
That's, 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 flat Earth is incredible. I know you mentioned it, Mike, but Flat Earth is just no. incredible. Mwah, satire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there was a Google, so how could they know? Oh, my God. It's so good. Oh, it's yeah. so good. All right. I think we made a weird owl reference in talking about um, the network. So, Mr. Shouse, take I'm it away. We're going to transition. We're going to transition into some Weird Al. And, yeah, I like it. Um, so Weird Al Yankovic um, has sort of a special place in, in my sort of childhood and, and, uh, and growing up. I've been listening to Weird Al stuff all the way through. I've been a fan of his. Um, I'm excited for the fictional biopic that's going to be coming out soon. That's going to be cool to watch. Um, I went to see him perform in Toronto a couple of weeks back. Um, it was a, a show that was entirely his own original stuff, which is interesting because Weird Al is very much known as a parody artist. He does music that's um, either in the style of or exact parodies of other songs, just with different lyrics. And that's sort of where he got known by. And and um, and just the people that I went to the show with um, were like, where's all of the, where's, where's fat? Where's eat it? Where's all of the stuff that we're used to hearing with weird Al. And, and it was his, it was his uh, stuff, which, which is pretty cool. And, and it was basically a concert hall diehard weird Al fans, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, Bad hair day was 1996. Um, he's been, he's been doing stuff since. I believe, right? It was the the 80s when he started. And um Bad Hair Day sort of came out. Um it's got the the cover Maybe even the, the late 70s. Was it the late 70s? Sorry. Yeah, like yeah. stuff like UHF and and some of the original parody things he was doing. Um Weird Al's uh the, the cover of Bad Hair Day is is of him with the Coolio hair. And and there's uh it's because uh, gang um the the um uh, parody of Gangsta's Paradise, um, Amish Paradise, is sort of like the highlight song of this album. And um, interesting story behind that is that uh, Coolio's um, Coolio's people apparently gave the permission for Weird Al to put this on the album, but Coolio himself did not. And so there was a little bit of uh, of drama there. Um, whereas you know he he got the appropriate permission to to produce this song. Song, but Coolio, as the artist, didn't want him to do it. Um, and now nobody remembers who Coolio is, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, lots of great songs on this. Lots of great parodies. A whole bunch of original tracks that that he does. Uh, Gum is a great song uh, on here. Uh, some of the other ones that jump out at me. Um, Phony calls is a fun one. Uh, sort of a parody of, of that TLC song, Waterfall. Um, there's a bunch of songs ink. that are, yeah. Syndicated yeah. Ink is is Syndicated awesome. Ink is accidental Total genius. <laughs> I love. I think that is probably jumped up to one of my favorite Weird Al parodies. Oh, that's awesome! I'm just gonna I'm gonna mention real quick. Um, my favorite original song on this album is the very last track, "The Night Santa Went Crazy." Uh, when when it was sung at the concert that I was at, the entire crowd was singing along. Merry Christmas to all. Now you're all going to die. Everybody was singing. It was awesome. Um, anyway, this is one of my favorite Weird Al albums. I remember listening to it as a teenager. Um, what do you guys think? I'll follow up on my comment about Syndicated Inc. where I think Weird Al, his parodies are at best where like the new theme, the theme of the parody matches like something in the original song it's not just like a completely different topic which i think like that's it phony calls is like that like mm -hmm. making phone call making bad phone calls has nothing to do with what tlc was talking about um <laughs> gump also fits into that category with like the you know the the new word rhymes and it's kind of, it kind of fits in with the original president song but like the vibe of just sitting at home and watching reruns on TV fits so well with Soul Asylum's misery, and I didn't expect it to. It's pure brilliance, pure, pure accidental genius. 
love it. Um, I think the other I thing... I forgot that song existed. Soul Asylum Misery, that is. <laughs> I think a lot of people have forgotten that Soul Asylum existed, too. So, <laughs> what I made us do Grave Dancers, Ian, back in the day, if you yes, remember. Yes, you did. Uh, that, was a, that was a runaway train. Yeah, I figured. Um, the other thing I that I hadn't, I didn't realize listening to his stuff was that I think similar to what you were saying about the network, Steve, his original songs tend to be like Weird Al does They Might Be Giants. Weird Al does Elvis Costello. Weird Al does this other band, you know. Absolutely. Um, and you can start picking it out when you're listening for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I didn't, I think I just happened to I was looking up everything you know is wrong because I, I didn't get it. I'm like, what's what's the deal with this song? There's there's like something he's referencing something like it's very deliberately nonsensical. And it turns out like, hey, this is Weird Al, Weird Al homaging. They might be giants. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm looking at other stuff. Oh, this there. I forget which is the Elvis. Oh, I'm so sick of you is the Elvis Costello one on this record. So that was another cool thing I learned about Weird Al. Um, it's think... the, the old quote where, um, what, what's the guy's name, um, from, from Devo, Mike Motherbar or whatever. He was oh, yeah. saying that he, he heard Weird Al doing Dare to be Stupid. And he's like, this is the perfect Devo song. Yep. He, it, is, it is absolutely perfect. I hate him. I hate him so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sure to be stupid is probably still my favorite original Weird Al song. It's super good. But yeah, and, another and it seems oh, sorry, that Devo agrees with you. Yes, another future of song that Weird Al would do later than this album that I think fits that criteria of um, the theme fitting perfectly, or like the parody theme fits perfectly, is all about the pains, which I think would still be my favorite Weird Al parody, even some twenty years later. Is, the perfect like computer nerd. What song. you wanna do? Wanna be hackers, code crackers, slackers? I love it. I think Mike could do the entire song still for us right now. I I have too mind. many of Weird Al lyrics in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I actually I also like I forgot that "Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me" is a really kicking song. One of the better YouTube like, songs. I feel, yeah, it's it's a great song, mm -hmm. uh, and then you're know, hearing him do. His dentist thing with that. <laughs> he's he's weird Al, you know. He it's 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 his uh, it's his bread and butter, right? He's he's a he's a bit of a chameleon. He writes funny lyrics. But I love that alternative polka. Yeah, I, I enjoyed alternative polka a lot. I, I love all of his polkas. I mean, on, honestly, like I, I think it's it, maybe it's off his very first album, but he has the the hot rocks polka where he does Rolling Stones songs, and I swear to God. I know the Rolling Stones songs I do from that polka. <laughs> I heard it so many times. To, to me, Weird Al was like a gateway to real music. I'll say real music. Uh, when I was like a 12-year-old boy. Because, it, I mean, this stuff appealed to me. Especially, like, I was given the Food album on cassette uh, when I was a kid. And that was my introduction to Weird Al. Uh, and then la, I la, lasagna. Yeah, and I think uh, I also got uh, Alapalooza on CD when I was just... I think I had his first Greatest oh. Hits album, and that, that was like, I got it in the 80s, yeah. like in the depths of the... Yeah. Um, and, and then since then, I haven't paid too close attention to him. I appreciate the Weird Al exists. I, I like the work he does. Uh, it's not something I listen to. Not... Completely <laughs> fair. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, uh, I um when he did Al Music though, when he did that takeover uh, of Much Music. I, I recorded the whole thing. I so watched did it I. Many... Where, where he was sitting and, in the car with Alanis Morissette. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he was he was Alanis for Alanis yeah. Morissette's <laughs> in the ironic video. Oh my goodness. He did a fantastic job of re recording those videos. Yeah, I, I like when he did um, uh, Green Eggs and Ham in the style of Numb. Yeah. I do not like Green Eggs and Ham. I do not like them, Sam. 
I am. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, okay. And I think I probably would have been like 13 or 14 when that aired. So right, right in the, the perfect age group for it. It's a, it's a good, um, it's a good age to like Weird Al. Yeah. I got into, into him a bit younger than that. And I listened to a lot of his, his like really early stuff, like before, uh, Alapalooza came out before, you know, I know his, his Michael Jackson around uh, the time of, around the time of UHF. Yeah. Which is a fantastic uh, is movie E6. as well. Yeah. E6 or so. Okay. So that's, that's, that's Weird Al. That is he's, bad he's, hair day. He's a, an institution. He is. And I hope he keeps on making music for like well into his 80s and 90s. Yeah. The guy has pipes on him. Like um, at the concert, he sang um, American Woman by the Guess Who. And uh, because he made a joke about how you have to do something Canadian, uh, because in CRTC, you have to perform something Canadian at every Canadian show. <laughs> And so his band starts playing American Woman, and he belts it. He nailed the song. It was incredible, the voice on this guy. Uh, it wasn't a parody or anything. He just completely sang the song top to bottom, and, and the guy's got, he's got pipes. His band also deserves a shout-out, because I think they also have a yeah. reputation for He's like, been with that band thing. forever. Ah. Yep. And they know how to play everything. everything. They can play every style, every, like, anything. Yeah, incredibly talented. Right. Richard, you're closing out today's episode. Yeah. So for something a little bit different that we don't really have a smooth segue to is uh, Reet. She's, her full name is Rita Claire Mike Murphy. Uh, She's an Anuk musician from Nunavut. And uh, this is her second studio album, uh, Tatiga. It's, uh, I thought I'd chose, choose it just for something different to pr- bring into the mix and see what you guys thought of it. It kind of brings in some uh, inner folk themes, but um, but with more electronic backing and some some more dancey stuff to go with it. What do you guys think? I'm gonna jump in really okay. quick hey, first, if 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 that's okay, because I was super impressed with this album. Um, and as a music teacher, I was thinking um, when I do my uh, you know, lessons on multicultural music and um, music from around the world and and, uh, different styles of music. Like, this is going to be something that I'm going to share with my students because I want them to hear that um, you can have uh, Indigenous music um, in a variety of different styles, and some of it can even fall into this sort of electronica, pop, dance sort of category, but still have the throat singing and the really cool-sounding... uh, breathing exercises and things that that are are sort of known for that style of music and and um, it was it was really cool to listen to. It was a short album, but it was really it was tight. It was really it was really a, a good group of songs. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, cool. I, definitely, definitely tight. There was there weren't wasn't a lot. Of, it didn't go on for a very long. You know what I mean? It was uh, the song, the first one, the last, the first song, the last song are the same song. Just acoustic on the last acoustic. one. Um, it, it was, I thought it was really interesting. It, it was really interesting. There, are, There's all of like three lines where she sings in English. And it was really interesting comparing the way her voice sounds when she sings in English to the way her voice sounds when she sings in Nainu. Like, in, in, in when she's singing in English, she sounds like, you know, she's got the vibrato. She The way she, she, she bends the tone like you would normally if you're a good singer and you want to make your singing sound good. But when she's, when she's doing the, the singing in Inu, she's not doing any of that. Um, which is obviously because she can do it. Obviously a, a, a stylistic choice. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's something to do with the language or if it's, 
the tradition of, of singing in it or, or what, but I thought it was really interesting. I mean, following up on something Mike, Mike pointed out, it is nice that you can have indigenous, you can have music of a culture that is not like all music of this culture sounds like this, or if you want to have like indigenous music, it must include these elements to it. Um, and I, I loved her voice. Um, I think I, I think I said in our group chat, like at times it really reminded me of Dolores O'Riordan from the Cranberries. Um, I don't, I think like for whatever reason, that's the, the singer, like that it, her, the tone of her voice reminded me of, I really, really liked the instrumentation too. Um, it was nice and light and electronic, not too distracting. Yeah, this was fantastic. Um, she also does a children's show for Ag Aboriginal People's Television Network, which is awesome. I'd be very curious to watch that. And Mike, I also have a bunch of um, interesting multicultural metal bands to throw your way to. Nice. Now that you mentioned you have that part of your course is that. Yeah, I always do multiple stuff uh, with my students. There's a really, at least, as, um, at least as much as a as a white guy can teach them, you know. <clears throat> There's a really cool Mongolian band called uh, the Who. Um, they do a lot of singing and traditional chanting, um, and they've they've made a little bit of a buzz in the metal scene. Um, I would check them out. Um, I don't think what else? That, not just we play we play like heavy metal and, and sing in a different language because that's not really that interesting anywho that's my contribution anywho h-u anywho <laughs> i guess on this one I, I the the songs uh what's it called it was uh inu Savut. uh it was a cover of another heavy metal inu band that she had had taken and and kind of Densified. I thought that was interesting. Kind of the, the musical scene up there is kind of cross pollinating. I did not know that. Um, yeah, I thought it was in the article that um, that, that Richard sent out the better <laughs> about the album. Yeah, that's kind of sucky that the um, indigenous metal scene um, has, doesn't really have that much exposure. I remember a band in the '90s, Breach of Trust that was indigenous getting some airplay on much music. Um, but yeah, since then I haven't really heard about any other indigenous metal bands in the country, which is unfortunate if there is a scene well, there and it's not getting much press. Nor Northern Haze is the band that uh, she covered with that song. Ah, thank you for that, Richard. Also look up Breach of Trust folks for older indigenous heavy music cool yeah it was I, uh, interesting though very different yeah yeah i discovered this last fall i think i was listening to uh a playlist on spotify called indigenous canada and her music came up in it and i was like this is really cool like it caught my ear and i looked it up and i've listened to it here and there since then it is an easy listen yeah yeah at least i i found that yeah, she has a, a lovely voice. Yes, I don't listen to a lot of music that isn't in English, but it's because, you know, I don't understand it. But, um, well, time to get Rammstein back on the playlist. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, I didn't listen to, never listened oh, to a ton of Rammstein. Pass me too far. Yeah, 30 years they've been going. Yeah, it's, uh, it, they, they're, they look really, really old now. They do. <laughs> the front man looks super haggard. And then you find out that that uh, Ramstein is putting out a children's album. Yeah, it's been a it's been a hard life being in Ramstein for so long. They're wonder kids, wonder kinder. Oh boy, practicing our German. They have a piano covers album. I think I have it on my Apple Music. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention again. Is this era that we live. In. With streaming services like this, like the fact that we can listen to anything we want to, just with the click of a mouse or you know typing it in your phone real quick, 
like if we were doing this podcast years ago, you know, and we'd have the CDs to listen to and, you know, we'd have to, what, go to Napster, go to Kazaa. Right. So like now it's like we, we all that have access to may not be, Yeah, that may or may not be how we did things when we, we originally did the show. <laughs> those memories and those facts have been lost. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly don't still have a Dropbox on the albums in it. I was buying <laughs> stuff on Apple Music at that time. Um, how you guys got it, I have no idea, but yeah. <laughs> speak for yourself. Yeah, I just owned all the albums. All of them. <laughs> it was it was a ma- major coincidence. <laughs> I have my qualms with streaming, but yeah, it's definitely a much more. Like I remember music, the first for time. music discovery, it's amazing. Yeah, it just, it I remember the first time just, well. just for streaming and just streaming in general. I remember the first time I, I, I got Netflix and I watched something on Netflix. I was like, "This is sorcery! I can just choose it and it plays." And there's no commercials. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got. It, Sorry, go ahead, Steve. It, it was it was one of those. The the other thing that I remember that was kind of like that because that, that was like that was like mind blowing that you could do that. The other thing that I remember that did that to me was ICQ. We mentioned it earlier, and here it is again. I remember it was 1997, uh, maybe 96 even, and being able to you know send a message to somebody and it being like instantly get it and they could respond and it was in real time and free. Like, yeah. I was just like, this must cost something. It must. <laughs> Who knows? It is funny. Yes, audience, we're old. The, <laughs> the streaming part of streaming is not what people care about. It's the a la carte for a Lolas. Yeah. Is what, is what people actually like. The technology doesn't, yep. really doesn't matter. It's more like, I, for 10 bucks, no, I get you, everything? Sure, done. You get what you want, when you want it, and... That's that. Like, it's, unless it's it disappears from the service you are subscribed to, which I think is my biggest, which I think is my biggest complaint so far about the streaming. Yeah, experience. like all it takes like, is for an artist to have a, the artist could have a problem with the company or whatever, and decide to pull their, you know, albums. Mm-hmm. Assuming that's, the that's artist happening. has rights over their albums. This yeah, and gentle. Otherwise, you end up like um, Eve Six, and you have to put up a. We hate Spotify thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have no power to change this, so here's our little protest. All we can change is our picture. <laughs> Reminds me, Bandcamp Friday is in a couple of weeks of this recording date. So Friday, September 2nd. Cool. Woo. That's where Bandcamp takes 0% revenue of all sales on their platform. The artists get 100% which is cool. They are sort of the labels, whichever store is accepting the money. Indeed. Uh, Those are our four albums. Yeah. Should we pick four more? Do it. Let's do it. I've, I've had, I've had a few ideas over the couple of weeks, but I think I'm going to stick with the one I suggested earlier. (laughs) Or Steven, unless you want a little bit of more. more So, as a, as a little bit of background, uh, my my family went to the uh, Scottish Festival in Fergus last weekend, where we uh, we got to revel in all things Scottish. Um, and uh, on the way up, we were listening to the Proclaimers, "Sunshine on Leith," uh, and it's actually a surprisingly good album. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna make it my choice for the the next one. We should all watch the Todd in the Shadows episode on uh, I Would Walk 500, 500 Miles as homework. Quick overview. Um, for me, uh, going back to something I said in the Weird Al section of today's episode, um, learning that he did a song as a take on They Might Be Giants inspired me to check if we had ever done They Might Be Giants before. And surprisingly, hadn't. My brain was telling me, yes, we had, but nope. We have not. So I am suggesting They Might Be Giants 1990 album, Flood, which, Mike, did you ever watch Tiny Toons when you were a kid? Absolutely. 
Okay. Do you remember the episode that had two music videos for songs called Istanbul, not Constantinople, Particle and Particle Man? Man. Particle Man. Those are They yeah. Might Be Giant songs, and those are on this album. Okay, that sounds good. That's where I learned about Particle Man, actually. I think I knew Istanbul, not Constantinople already, but that's where I mm-hmm. I really got, that's where I got Particle Man. I love Particle Man. It's a great song. Particle Man's fun. Hey, what's the what's the name of your album again? Is the Proclaimers what's the name of the album? Sunshine on Leith. On Leith, L E A T H. L E I T H. L E I T H. Okay. And it has to autocorrect it because why wouldn't it? <laughs> Sunshine on Leith. L E I T H. Okay. Um, so I can, I can mention mine. I was kind of back and forth today on, on what, what to do. I had one in mind and I think I might hold on to it for a future episode because we started talking about, um, rock operas and I went back through all of the episodes that you guys have done in the past. And, Don't make me do the who. Don't make me do the who. And we're going to do some who we're going to do the ah. who's Tommy. That's the one I'm not going to listen to. <laughs> Not 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 the Broadway cast recording, but I'm looking for the original Who's album. I hate the Who. <laughs> All right, so that'll be a fun discussion then. <laughs> well, the McMaster production recording that was done by a certain someone on this call. And Richard made the uh, pinball machine. <laughs> I did make the pinball machine for that production, and oh, a few nice. others. A story to be expanded upon in the next episode. Yeah. Feels like dirty. <laughs> also, uh, you see that, that see that poster there? Yep. Signed by the Tommy cast. Right? Mac. Signed by the whole cast, yep. Did I sign that too? Is my signature on there somewhere? Mm. I might not have gotten the crew. Always if it's not, you can sign it. You can sign it next time you come visit. <laughs> Poor yeah. underappreciated crew. You should leave him an angry yeah. message too, Richard. Yeah. Twenty years later, asshole. Who, who right. remembers your people too? Okay, Richard, what which album are you do? I am going to choose uh, my friend Jeremy Voltz's album Weekender. Mm. He released it last fall. Uh, he is a uh, Toronto-based uh, soul singer. And he's very good. I think you guys will like his music. Okay. Oh, you've posted. I feel like I, yeah, feel like I just assigned homework stuff. for Steve that he's not. I'm <laughs> really. I kind of dislike. I did pink. I did pink. I did pink Floyd before, and that was bad enough. <laughs> I kind of dislike the Who, but yeah, Steve. Steve hating the Who has been a a thing. With a fiery show. That's good. Okay, that's that's interesting. That I'm I'm gonna enjoy thoughts on what I think is the quintessential rock musical. Yeah, I'm gonna savage it. Okay. (laughs) I I hope you have a lot of your personal ego like trapped up in this because I directed this show. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say really unkind things about it, and they're gonna be clever. Okay. That's all matters. We'll judge their cleveritude. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I mean, it's been a while since I really hated something we did. Um, I, I think I, most since we started back up again, I've disliked things. But I mean, Craig in the past chose some albums that I truly loathed, and it always made for good recordings. Excellent. Yeah, it's better to love or hate something than to just sort of be indifferent about it. <laughs> Those are the leaders I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Nor will any of us. Ironically, I've forgotten basically all about it. <laughs> Look, good for you because they sucked. I think I think you chose the album Sight Unseen. Like they, they had released a new album that you hadn't heard yet. Sounds about right. And and then then we did that. And I think that was when that was the same time that um Richard chose uh, Gogo Bordello. 
uh, Gypsy Punk, Underdog World Strike, because we had a long hiatus after that. I think it was over the holidays. So I was stuck with that album for forever (laughs) as the Craig album. And it was awful. Just atrocious. So you love Google Bordello. I did. I love Google Bordello. I thought they were amazing. I listened to that album a lot. I, I listened to Animals as Leaders more than I would have liked to. Me too. Me too. It's okay, because you you also made us listen to Chevelle, Craig, and I really, really like that album. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be more disciplined is not the word. Selective in my suggestions in this iteration of the show with the occasional I honestly thought Strapping a Lad City was going to bomb I am still flabbergasted that you like that album Mike well that's pretty cool <laughs> it, it caught me in the right mood like and yeah. I'd listened to Devin Townsend before and, and hadn't hated him I didn't I didn't think he was great but I didn't hate him uh, and then we saw him live and that was a good good scene it's a good mm-hmm. concert and then um um, and then that one, yeah, I, I was just, I was in a, just a foul mood going to work one day and I was like, mm. this music is perfect. Perfect. Yep. I still go back to Deltron at least once a week now. Oh, so that was good. a good album. And that's, that's probably the, my, my favorite thing of the show. Like there are so many albums that I never would have listened to yeah, that never. I've, I have be, been exposed to because of it. And it, it really broadened, you know, the things that I've listened to. And there's things I've been surprised I liked. I like Nightwish. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great album. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I, and just a whole bunch of stuff that I, I really thought I was going to dislike and <laughs> that I didn't dislike so much. And, you know, other stuff that Craig chose that I did dislike so much. I'm sure, I'm sure Richard chose some stuff that really sucked too, but, you know, it's, I like Prague, and you do not like Prague. Yeah, so, uh, and he, sure. yeah you, you, you chose sure. the Pink Floyd one. What, what was which yeah. album did you choose? Was it? Uh, it's it's almost shine on you, crazy diamond. Wish you were here. I think it was yeah. Wish you were here. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, because you didn't pick Dark Side. Yeah. No. And you didn't choose the wall. Yeah, it was. It was that. That's the one. It was. It was Wish You Were Here. Yeah. Um, and it, it was okay, I guess. I think you'll really like uh, Jeremy Voltz's album, Steve. Okay, that's good. Is it I V-O-L-T-Z? like that. Yeah, V-O-L-T-Z. Okay, cool. It's on Apple Music? And yep. Spotify and all of their various... Uh... All the major services? Yep. The major stream services. it wherever you want to stream it. Okay. I think, I think he assumes, since he's a person you know, that he has... <laughs> that his album is nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Band camp and band camp only. Yeah. It's not like that. It's oh. only on MySpace. No, he's legit. He has a song with, with over a million plays. Oh. Ooh, on, Spotify, awesome. on Spotify alone. That is that's legit. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. How do you know the guy? What was that? How do you know the guy? Uh, he's in our friend group. He, he my, my, the group of friends that I have from like, I know them through a old high school friend, but uh, he knows them through. Uh, he met them through improv. Cool. Yeah. But Jeremy Voltz, uh, a couple of years ago, completed a PhD in math. Oh. Uh, but he his passion was music, so he said, "I'm going to give this a year and do music full time." Uh, and he's been doing it for about three, four years, something like that. Three or four years now. Uh, he's got and, a million listens. He must be doing okay. Yeah, he's doing all right. Good job. Okay, so um, thank you, audience, for coming out and listening to us yet again. I I hope you were you were entertained, and uh, hopefully next episode we can bring you more conflict. I feel like our conflict levels have been low, and nothing is as much fun when our contact conflict levels are low. Uh, next time, if the who is as bad as I figure it's going to be. I'm going to bring alcohol with me so that my filter goes down even more than it is now. And I'll try to, you know, just throw it at the wall. So stay uh, tuned for I, a special episode. <laughs> I, I, I think very special. going forward when I post these live, I'm going to have to put like 
a conflict rating on it. <laughs> yeah, that's actually not a bad idea because like, uh, a, like a, a five star scale or something like that. Yeah, I, I, it's it's. I will admit, it was much more fun to be in a like in a pub. Yeah, all all a couple of beers in yeah. when I got to do that because you know you're you're speaking right at the person whose music you hate. Yeah. And it's really it's really great. But this this will this will this will make do with. Well, maybe maybe, maybe next maybe next one is the one we have to meet in person and record. Honestly that would, we should I mean I hear covid's going nuts again, but yeah. <sighs> Well, I mean maybe. everybody's got a little covid. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, I haven't had it yet. Yeah, me neither. So we're the we're the rare people, it seems. Anyway, we have, to, have, have to extract our blood. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, have a have a good night, our listeners. And uh, Craig, why don't you send Craig out of the room? <laughs>